Hello and welcome to Eden Exchanges, the franchise business journey podcast by Eden Exchange. Today we spoke to Tal Avni and Boaz Kida, the director and founder of Ace Coffee and Fibonacci Coffee. They discussed how they first got into business together, how they came to acquire Lava Coffee as another business opportunity, the feeling of working together as a family across the organization, and what a potential franchisee can expect from joining the business. Welcome everyone, my name is Raghu from Eden Exchange. Today our special guests are Boaz Kidda, who's the founder of Fibonacci Coffee, as well as Tal Avni, who's the director of Australian Coffee Entrepreneurs. Thanks so much for joining us today, Boaz and Tal. Good day, good day. Hey, hey. Look, really great having you both on today. Can you firstly tell us about your backgrounds, how you first met and became involved with Australian Coffee Entrepreneurs? What are your current roles there? All right, that uh, brings us to the year 2000. I met Buzz in Bondi when he had his first uh, coffee cart, when he just started to go into the industry. And uh, I had the experience and, and went into the coffee industry uh, at that year. Buzz was running his own coffee carts for quite a few years. And, and I guess the story of Fibonacci and the story of Australian coffee entrepreneurs, it's all about evolution. We started from you know simple coffee carts uh, in events, and then the coffee carts were positioned in uh, lobbies or office places, office towers. Eventually, those were evolved into espresso bars that are quite popular today. The next step was to have cafes that has kitchens in small shopping centers, and the last versions that we have there are in, in our Jabiru model is Perso Bar, which is actually a cafe and bar that actually license and serve alcohol as well. Uh, a few years back, we merged with another company that have very similar values and similar concept, which is uh, Lava, Lava Coffee. They were started as, lobby, as Lava Carts as well and evolved into a small kiosk in shopping centers. And we decided to run with this concept and differentiate it from the Fibonacci being a smaller footprint and a smaller concept being kiosk and now evolving to container cafes as well. So I guess the story of how we grew together is all about partnership. Now, it started with friendship, to be honest, uh, almost a family or you can say a family sort of a relationship and it's evolving to a partnership and a business model. Like we all were behind the counter people that were working Serving coffee, meeting customers, very, very hands-on. The model grew by us, you know, you grow a cafe, you you want to sell it at some stage and move on. And we sold some of our cafes to people. Some of them were doing really well. And some people we noticed after we sold that they're not doing so well. And it's a funny thing when you sell a business, you don't always have motivation to go and help people after you sell it. And then... This is where 2009, I joined in and we thought, hey, let's put something in place that gives us motivation to help people after we sell the cafe to them so they are more successful and we, we get something out of it. And this is when we established the Fibonacci franchise model back at, uh, I think the first one was 2011. We, we branched from there. We grew it to over 20 locations. In 2016, we merged 
2016, we took over Lava, which was formally established in 2018 into ACE, where we decided to group all the brands together under one concept. And as of this year, we launched another model, which called Independent. And that is more, uh, this is not a franchising model. This is not a cookie cutter sort of sort of model. This is more of a support system, an overall support system for cafes wherever they are. Excellent. So there's generally been a, like a tremendous evolution there. So, Boaz, have you, have you found that journey from a founder uh, to where it is today? Um, well, it's been a very exciting, a very exciting journey. You know, uh, it's always interesting to reflect back to where you started from and what you dreamed and how far you thought you would be ahead. And as an entrepreneur, you're always more ambitious and think things will take a lot less time than what you do. You know, we had uh, big ambitions which we still have uh, to impact the market and impact uh, people's lives. And I always thought we would be a lot further ahead, but you know, given that I come from the school of hard knocks, we had to learn some lessons. You know, we had to make some mistakes on the way and course correct. And, you know, some mistakes are like small ones, like, you know, making a bad coffee and you need to make a new one. And some mistakes are about, you know, choosing the wrong location and needing to learn how to navigate that uh, challenge. And as we move forward through our, um, through our journey, We've collected, uh, assembled a really good team of operational and executive people to help us evolve and, and I guess, shortcut those lessons so that we can um, infuse and communicate and save um, some of the pain that we went through with our franchise and our independent partners to make sure that we continually challenge the marketplace and that we uh, continually are forced for good in the uh franchising and in the coffee industry here in Australia. So the journey's been like a roller coaster and every business owner, uh, entrepreneur will, I believe, experiences and and uh, it's been fantastic, you know. At the lows, it's really good to have really good people around you to support you and at the highs, it's really good to have them around to celebrate. Excellent. So it is. it can hit home with other business owners, the ups and downs of, of getting your vision to where you want it to be. But I think a lot of people can get, you know, comforted by the fact that you've been in there and you're coming from that school of hard knocks. So you've actually experienced the ups and downs. It's not a theoretical thing. Now, back to the business itself, what do you think are some unique characteristics of the businesses? So can you give us an idea of the, the customers and followers of Fibonacci and Lava as well? Well, each business model have its own very special sort of... Uh characters so we have fibonacci that is more a family oriented business and we literally treat each other like family and i think it started i guess by me but boz found the company with his two brothers so there are three brothers and i'm always referred to as the either the non-brother or the brother from another mother because we actually they're like my brothers now so we feel very close to each other and i think that that relationship just went on to people that, that worked with us. And, and I guess the way we started, or for, for me, when I was behind the counter, I had one, one goal or one KPI, what people refer to as a key performance indicators, was I wanted to put 100 smiles on people's faces every single day. I had a little note, I had a little pen, and every time I made someone smile, I drew a line. The fifth one was horizontal, and I wanted to have 20 of those a day. Mm-hmm. 
And everything grew from that. The business grew. A lot of people focused on sale. On the, I focused on that. And it gave me some sort of a glass ceiling there that I could do 100, I could do 200, but I couldn't do more than that. And, and the year that I decided that we need to step from behind the counter and help more people to do that, this is when we really started to, uh, to advance. And I found some people to replace me, putting the smiles in place. And some of them became managers, and we had quite a few managers uh, that were working for us, and they become our franchisees, and uh, they're our best operators now. And the whole atmosphere and the whole feeling of family and community is really, really well embedded into the Fibonacci brand. Lava is more oriented with, uh, it's more smaller, smaller cafes, mostly takeaway sort of offering. Still, it's very warm, very personal. Most of the lavas, or I could say all of them are in Queensland at the moment. So you can also say that the difference is geographical at the moment, but we're bringing lava in container model into New South Wales and to the rest of Australia as well. And Jabiru, which is the last one that we opened, we opened a couple of shops and that's in Brisbane as well. It's more a cafe and bar. It held more of uh, also the Friday evening vibe. Where you have, it's just slightly different demographic as well. It's in the city, a little bit more modern, more business oriented. And then, and then obviously, we've got um, the latest development, which uh, is independent, which is around empowering entrepreneurs to explore their own limits and for us to be more of a support system. And but the overarching thread for everything and. For all the brands under the um, ACE headline is really about care and about elevating people to help them realize their potential. It's about connecting with people on people's level and, and not around numbers. We find that when you take care of people and when you deliver good product, the profits will come. And if you focus on the business in that hierarchy, people, product, the profit will come, you make the right choices and you foster and build genuine relationships. And when you have that kind of relationship with your customers, you build a tribe around you that will support you no matter how many competitors around you open because people come to you because of who you are, not because, you know, you give a cheaper coffee or the latest whiz bang, you know, trend. You know, because trend comes and goes, coffee will fluctuate left, right and center. There's always going to be the, the latest new thing to do. But at the end of the day, what endures is a genuine relationship. And I remember I got this very early on. This is going back 20 years. And when I got my younger brother, Noam, to join the team, we were both behind the counter. And I said, mate, just remember what they drink and their name. And you'll be their best friend. And from then on, you can develop a genuine relationship. And they just want to come and chat sometime. You know, sometimes I had people behind the counter coming to me, having a chat. And I'm like, you know, 20 minutes in, I'm like, so what can I help you with? They said, oh, no, no, I came to have a yarn. I'm like, okay, you know, and that's okay too. You know, I think the barista, especially in the Australian landscape these days, has um, replaced what you know the bartender used to be, where you come and you you sort of have a chat and you have a relationship and you have a safe place to be, and and somebody who listens to you, which is outside of work and outside of family, and is not not judgmental. And 
you know, the more we find ways to infuse that into our partners and into what we put out there, the more successful they are. And as a result, the more successful we are. I think it's important that people don't feel, I don't know, if you're a cafe owner, you don't want to feel like you come to work or you have to, you know, tick a box or anything. It's, uh, we're always looking for people who actually love what they do. If you love it and it doesn't feel like work, it's more like socializing. It is hard work, but work is only hard if you don't like it. If you love what you do, and this is the most important thing, if you love coffee and you love people, then it doesn't feel like work and you have much better chances to succeed. And is, I mean, in terms of anyone interested in this, to the type of people listening to this podcast, you know, they're generally interested in you know, running their own business, running their own franchise. Would you say that's the key piece of advice or is there anything else someone should really think about before you know, taking on the journey with, with your organization? Yeah, um, that's a fantastic question. And, you know, this is, I think, fundamentally, if you're not a people's person, you shouldn't be in this industry. You know, we're in the hospitality industry. We're not in the hostility industry. We're here to create People come to your environment to feel better about themselves, connect with people and have a pleasant experience. If you're not fostering that, if you're not doing everything possible through your attitude, the environment, and absolutely your whole resources to create that experience, you will not succeed. I think if your goal is to take people from where they are and elevate them so they're better for meeting you, you'll succeed. You will, co- you will create a cult following because people feel better about themselves and they won't necessarily know why they're attracted to you. You might not make the best coffee in the world. We can teach the skills every day of the week. We can teach you how to make a delicious meal. We can teach you how to make a delicious coffee. We can teach you the latest technological advances on how to bring people in and, and serve them right. But if you're not interested genuinely in their well-being and their happiness, they'll feel it because 93% of communication is subliminal. Only 7% of it is actually verbal. And people sometimes just don't know why they feel good or bad about something. It's because you need to be congruent. You need to be, your truth needs to permeate from within. And if you do that, and if you're really happy, then people want to be around happy people. People want to be around people who make them feel better about themselves. And if you only do that, if you have fun, people want to have fun. They'll come and have fun with you. And do you think that's more important than the, than the background of the franchisee, that attitude or mindset? 100%. I've got people who can barely talk English but can smile with happiness and joy from inside and, and makes you feel better about yourself. I can teach you the basic skills. I can teach you the advanced skills. I can't teach you how to genuinely care about people and be happy. So if you're not a people's person, as in you, I think it's not the industry for you. In saying that, if you've got no skill and no business background, but you're a happy person, we can make and help you elevate you to great success. And you're willing to learn and you're willing to follow. You know, there's always things to know. There's steps one, two, three. Like it's a mixture of uh, science and art. And we can teach all that. We can teach all that. And I think what Buzz referred, I always looked at it as a, a hundred people, a hundred smiles a day, or how I'll put smiles on a hundred people's faces, which, which was the motto is, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a brain surgeon. 
There's a lot of things that I don't do that might people think that are really complicated. But I tell you what, I made a coffee to that brain surgeon to make sure that he did a good job. And I have a lot of other people that we affect every single day to make sure that they perform better. And this is, uh, you can call it a mission. Everyone do their bit. Everyone is, is participating. And then you have an overall better community, an overall better, you just feel really satisfied with what you do. When someone who does have that right attitude and mindset comes on board, what, what type of training uh, do you provide them? Um, okay, Raghu, I guess uh, we take them from, we assume that they know nothing and we instill right habits from day one. So anywhere from, you know, how to make a proper coffee, learning those key skills and then from learning about the origin of coffee and the process so that they're knowledgeable about that um, through to how to make, you know, cuff, uh, sort of latte art so that the end product looks and presents like today's customers expecting. You know, we teach them all the background of how to manage the, the, the key performance indicators, you know, food costs, labor costs, rent. We teach them, you know, they might not necessarily negotiate the lease because we help them in, in that, but we want to make sure that they understand the fundamental commitments that they're making and what actually drives success and what doesn't. Um, it's interesting, people's perception from the outside, what we try and do is, is actually shatter the, the fantasy around cafe ownership and just tell people in layman terms, this is what it requires and, and taking them from knowing nothing about running a small business to feeling confident they can drive this, this vehicle. And then we set, sit with them and say, okay, what's next? You know, what's their ambition? Is it to own one? Is it to own three? Is it just a stepping stone to a bigger operation? And again, it's about finding what drives them and showing them how through our vehicle, we can help them reach that. I mean, you can look at, at the franchising model or what the franchise model is, is trying to do as a recipe. We're all about their systems and processes and step to follow. So if you haven't run a business before, or even if you run a business and you want to get better, uh, we can help you do that. It's all structure about what is the next step and how you can avoid doing mistakes that we've done before, most likely, because those could be very, very costly. I mean, I'm, I'm blessed that I, I joined three partners, we have four partners working together. So uh, when I fell, I didn't fell alone. I had always someone to help me and lift me up. And, and we did that. And from time to time, different, you know, different situation, we all had to help each other and, and we stick together. And this is what we're doing with other people when they, uh, when they are challenged, we help them to, to see the, what, what lays ahead and what options are out there. And we give it with a much bigger perspective. You know, we have quite a few cafes in our network, but there's a lot of cafes that, are, that, that we have the experience or we, we saw what's going on there. It's all about perspective and having the ability to pass that on and let people make more educated decisions about how to operate. It's a very dynamic environment. It's not odd. Like every day is different. And situations always change. You want to get someone to help you so you're not by yourself. And you could look at it like uh, the best athlete or the goat sport. But they all have a coach. The coach is not necessarily the best football player or the best basketball player or the best, you know, they cannot jump the highest, but they still need a coach to show them what to do. And you can be the best barista on the planet. You still need someone to look from the side and, and hold you by the hand from time to time and just give you direction. And I guess that's what we... We do really well. 
Now, excellent. So, look, it's it's refreshing in terms of the you know, the insights you have, and also the commercial acumen about the sector you obviously have. So, when people come on board, they can feed off that. But now you mentioned how changing the industry is. Are there any trends in the cafe or hospitality sector that you're looking forward to? So, any key uh, shifts going on that you think people need to be aware of as business owners in the sector? You know, I think um, we've been very, very critical over the last 20 years about how franchising as an industry is conducted in Australia. And I think in the last two to three years, it's been brought to the forefront with some um, with some very public displays of what's not working. And I'm, we're really excited about it. We think it's a leveling process where the wrong operators are going to be called to task and that the new agile operators such as Ace and, and some really good operators out there as well are going to adapt and meet the market where it needs to. And we're very excited. We've got a very secret sort of um, project on the side of how we're going to meet this and hopefully we launch by mid-year in terms of really being a force for good in this industry setting a new standard of, um, of how franchising is conducted in Australia. That's in terms of the operational sort of framework. In terms of trends and stuff like that, again, we've got several models and we fit them with the environment that we're in. You know, the Australian market is very um, knowledgeable and in coffee and they deserve a good coffee. Coffee is not cheap anymore. And they deserve to get a high-quality product consistently delivered. And we're working with our technological partners to find ways to deliver it over and over again. And again, in one aspect, removing the human intervention in the creation and making sure that the human component focuses on the relationship and that the technology helps us deliver the consistency. So I hope that wasn't too wet. Uh, sort of above people's head. But at the end of the day, it's about using the latest uh, social trend and technological trend to deliver a more, a more higher engagement with our, with our customer, but really not forgetting that business is all about people. You know, people are your buyers, people are your suppliers. You know, business is all about feeding people and their families and the communities that they support. And I think I keep on bringing it back to that because that's what our main driver if I can take a person and help them achieve what they want, I will get the outcome will be that I get what I want as a secondary outcome. And it's and the more we can help people, the more we uh, we have an impact, you know, for their families and the communities that they impact. Yeah, it definitely isn't going over the heads. It's I think it's something that definitely needs to be done in the sector. And the way you've broken down the business end to end and combined it with you know, the external environment, technology and social, I think does set you apart from a lot of operators there and also makes it understandable that a franchisee would want to jump on board with you. So with those trends going on, you know, what do you now see as your key milestones? So what are you trying to achieve now? And where do you envision the franchises in two years from now? It's a fantastic question, Ragu. I um, I guess franchising itself doesn't work. A system itself doesn't work. You need to work the system. 
You know, a system, what franchising does is has a system means that people have figured out some things that work and some things to avoid. But really, it comes down to somebody taking that system, following it to get the outcome that they want. You know, if they go outside of the parameters, it's really hard to see if it, you know, what, what's going right or wrong. What I see into the future is a much flatter, more transparent way of how franchising will evolve. You know, like social media, that massive sort of wave that came and, and helped with stuff like reviews and, and, and make a more transparent wor- world so that everybody can say, well, you know, this is what people are saying about this location. If 100 people are saying about it, then it's probably true for good and for bad, you know. And I think that this process that the industry is going through will, will create a more transparent uh, way of doing things, which will be better for all stakeholders. I think the people are considering jumping into the industry will come in with eyes wide open. They will be more aware of the benefits and the the advantages of of doing that and have a, a much a much more knowledgeable way of making a decision that will help them de-risk their choice, whatever may they be. When you see we're not necessarily the right fit for everybody. You know, there's other industries, there's other uh, operators out there. And it's really also comes down to how you resonate with the people that you sit in front of. Because if at the end of the day, if we're going to be partners, it's almost like getting married. It's we need to like each other. We need to expect each other's call. We want to make sure that we're having a, a, a fun experience because, you know, business out there is challenging. It goes up and down and you want to do it with people that you're having fun with. You don't want to be battling all the time. and I think that um, you want to make sure that you resonate and feel comfortable about the people that you're partnering with because the, the relationship is enduring. It's a long relationship and you need to make sure that, you know, it's easy to have fun and, and laugh and everything like that when things are going good. It really comes down to finding out who you're in business with when things are not going as well. And that's what we've got in the Fibonacci families that we know and, and Ace and Lava and Jabiru, we know that, when things are tough, we'll back each other up. And I think that's more important to people than, than a lot of other aspects. But it really comes down to how do you feel about this person in your gut? Yeah. When it comes to, I guess, as a piece of advice to people, you could look at franchising, you could look at different models. I, I always like the analog, like there's two analogies that I like. And, and one of them is franchising or a system is a vehicle. At the end of the game, it's just a vehicle. And a vehicle doesn't go anywhere unless you take it somewhere. And in our relationship, we say we, we can help you with providing the vehicle. And, you know, you can buy a Ferrari, but it won't really do really well if you go off-road. And you can get a Land Cruiser. It won't go as fast as a Lamborghini either. You just need to choose the right vehicle for you. And there's no right and wrong. It's just a matter of choice. So what is your personality and what kind of vehicle you should choose? And then you need to make sure that you are driving it. And... Where we see ourselves, beside of getting the vehicle right, we are also helping you navigate so you get to where you want to go. And as long as we understand each person's role and and what is the purpose of every party, then we can have a very good, beautiful relationship. And if you're guys who like to go off-road and go to see distant places, then we can help you get there. And if you like to drive really fast, we can help you there too. But you still need to drive it. Well, fantastic. And where do you see your business in terms of do you have any goals for 
expansion or recruitment over the coming year and any key areas of Australia you're focusing on? Uh, Boaz mentioned that we we had a project that we're working on right now. Hmm. Our expansion growth are quite, I don't know if the aggressive is the right word to use because we're not aggressive people, but our growth growth will be. Yeah, I would say, I would say, Ragu, that uh, extremely ambitious with uh, existing concept. We've, uh, we're testing some models and have been for a few months, and we're hoping to be ready for the uh, by the end of the financial years to what I believe would be uh, a concept that will shake uh, the industry, maybe shake some heads, definitely get attention. So I would say watch that space. We continually opening shops. We've got about four planned uh, for the new year. Um, and again, that's just the run of the mill openings. We're opening up a few in Sydney and uh, looking at a few more locations in, in Brisbane CBD at the moment. You know, what we're very excited about this new concept and we would really like to see how it uh, will be received. I'm sure that we'll cop some uh, interesting uh, accolades and, and, and some, uh, some interesting um, uh, criticism, which always tells you that on the, you're on the right track. But we're going to keep on challenging the way we, that we do business and we're going to keep on challenging the industry and the market as a whole. I think the, 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 key, component, the key component is that what, what we learn is that the best uh, way to grow is to find the right people. We're looking for people that align themselves with what we believe in. If there are good people there that want to make a difference, we can help them to shine. And by doing so, we can see ourselves grow quite rapidly. And now, for anyone interested in um, doing this, we, we do encourage you to, to put your name on. You'll have a contact us box near the podcast. So we encourage you to put your details down. And, and you know, one of the team will be in touch with you ASAP to get the ball rolling with the company. Now, once someone does reach out to you, firstly, how do they go about doing that? And, and what's your next step in um, seeing if they're the right fit for you? Well, a lot of it is, I mean, the easiest way is to pick up the phone and call, you know, but uh, we have a few websites out there. You can always put your details down or, or even if you're listening to this and you just mentioned there's a way of communicating. I mean, the first step would probably for me to, or for us to have a bit of a chat, just to have a bit of a feel. If we like each other after a chat, it really depends on the personal personality and the level of experience. I always like to give people a little bit of a taste or just, just to try before you buy kind of an experience. So we let people have a bit of a feel of what it is like. Uh, some people have one set of expectations of what it means to run a cafe or make a coffee. And, and the last thing that I want to see is someone having this dream of having a cafe and open up the, the doors and said, oh my God, what have I done? This is totally not what I expected. So... We avoid that by giving people a little bit of an experience behind the counter or behind an espresso machine so they can have a bit of a feel about the industry. Following that, we have what we call an exploration session or a meeting when uh, we really want to make sure that we're a good fit. And I tell people over and over again, there's no right and wrong. There's just what's right for you. So some people like five days operations and they want to spend uh, weekends with family. And some people think if I have a business, I better make money seven days a week. Are you crazy not to work on a weekend? It really depends. Is it right or wrong? No, it's just whatever it is that you like. 
people coming with different circumstances, with different budget, with different lifestyle, different set of beliefs. And what we do is not for everyone. I don't necessarily think that every person comes in, I'm going to help him to get a cafe. In some cases, and in quite a few, I give the best value to people just putting a mirror in front of them until they just realize it's not for them. And that's the best service sometimes I can help someone, someone will. Now, if they are a good fit and we get along and we think that, yeah, this is someone I want to partner with, have partnership with, and so I had with Boaz that we started, you know, like we have a little agreement on a napkin for three years before we actually did anything formal because it's all about the people. If the people are right, it's fun. You're really going to love this industry and doing what you do if you do it with the right people and you're coming with the right motives. So the minute we sort of fell in love, the process is fairly easy taking it from there. Like we, we find the right solution or the right opportunity for for the person and we start the process step by step, hold you by the hand and see where you need, what you need to learn and we teach you and we launch you and then we're just having parties after parties and coffee after coffees after that. Cool. Now, the, look, I'm coming to the favorite question here. What's now really motivating each of you to do what you do? So what's driving you to, to get out of bed in the morning? So w- what do you particularly like about your profession now? For me, it's all about the people. I just, you know, the hardest thing for me was actually leaving the operational side of the business uh, getting out, you know, I miss standing behind the counter and having just chats with people, listening to their experiencing. I mean, I love the human aspect of things. Um, I just get, I love just jump, putting on a shirt, uniform, time time, jumping behind one of the counters and just having some chats, you know, having laughs and, 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 and really connecting with people. For me, that's what gets me out of it. It's like, well, how many people can I impact today? You know, uh, Tal has got this, fantastic sign above his office desk, you know, who am I going to elevate today? And for me, that rings true. The more people I can help achieve what they want, the more positive impact we can make in this. And if they resonate with us, then they resonate with us on a value level, which again means that we're going to try and put out the same kind of good out in the world. You know, the world's at the moment in a, in a very kind of, there's a lot coming at people from everywhere, you know, the business, money, work, family, environment, everything's coming at us. And if we can be and create a sanctuary or a place that we can make people feel safe and good about their place, then I think we're on the right track. And I think that if we keep it at our forefront, we'll attract the right people who want to have the same impact in their communities you know because i can only impact behind the counter 100 200 300 people but if we can open up more outlets we can impact more people through our partners and and that's what gets me excited and and motivated every morning to just try and find that next person that i can like tal says put a smile on their face yeah my my my, my kpi never changed it's uh, it's all about how is today better than, than yesterday? How will I make today better than yesterday? How can I help the next person? I, and I guess it comes with some some perspective. I mean, I, I wasn't born in Australia. So I come, I wake up every morning. I'm just grateful to be here because I know how, how good it is here. 
I don't think uh, in Australia you have a reason to be miserable unless you choose to. The motivation for me is always about growth and see how we can do things for the better and help and see how we can add value. It's all about adding value and making sure that we do something better. Excellent. So it is a, a great opportunity for anyone to, to, to get that level of insight with someone like uh, Boaz and Tal that we can um, organize it. We'd love to have you on again soon for an update as well to, to let us know how you're expanding as well as with your, your up-and-coming innovation that you've you sort of teased us with, but we'd like to flesh that out a bit more as well. Absolutely, uh, when you- Absolutely Raghu. We would be delighted. If you get feedback around people wanting to know just general questions, happy to do that. If people want to reach out to us, obviously happy to do that with them on a more individual basis. And we would definitely be happy to catch up and... Um, Take advantage of your amazing audience and the platform that you provide to, you know, introduce a new way of being of what we've got in store. So we'd be delighted to come back. Fantastic. Look, I, we really appreciate your time here, uh, both of you. Look, anyone interested, look, please uh, keep you know, your ears peeled for the updates with the new innovation. But also in the meantime, look, given the insights you've heard, we do encourage you to either directly get in touch with uh, the team at uh, ACE or get in touch with us and we'll get the ball rolling. So it's been a pleasure having you both on. I found it extremely uplifting. So um, love to have you on again soon. Uh, thank yeah. you for having us. Robert. Thanks, Regu. Appreciate it. Eden Exchanges was brought to you by the team at Eden Exchange. In this episode, we spoke to Tal Avni and Boaz Kida from Ace Coffee and Fibonacci Coffee. For more information about the business or to listen to any other episodes by Eden Exchanges, head to our networking website, www.businessbuyinvest.com. You can also subscribe to this series on iTunes or Stitches for Android devices. Find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram for recent information on the buying, selling, and investing world. Thank you for listening.